Welcome to Ready for Love Radio. This is your host and love coach, Nikki Lee. Now, today we're going to talk about a topic that is a little unusual for for Ready for Love, but I think you're going to enjoy it. Now, let me let me tell you that I am I'm six one. Okay, so I'm you know when you're when you're six foot one, you like to stretch. It just you know, whether you've been sitting or walking or standing or laying, it just feels good to stretch. And it's funny, when I got Chloe, y'all y'all know about Chloe, my cat, she stretches all the time. But now, <laughs> my guest is laughing. <laughs> but now, I, I got a message from, from my, my potential guest, and and he he has this this ebook this is stop stretching and I'm like uh oh uh oh why does he say stop stretching so he got my, my he got my immediate attention I'm like why don't why don't we need to stop stretching so I had to invite him on the show because why does he say stop stretching so I had to I had to ask him plus plus he's talking about pain and 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 you know being pain free and that's that's definitely something I want to know about. So I have Yogi Aaron with us today. So Aaron, it's awesome to have you with me today. And you're going to have to answer these questions. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nikki. And um, it's been a pleasure just getting to know you before the call too. And and it's just I admire your energy and passion and and just enthusiasm for sharing. And and fighting the good fight. So thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. And you've got to admit that was a little bit entertaining. Yes. I would explain what was going through my head as I was reading your message. So I'm like, and and I was probably, I was probably even stretching when I was reading your message. Going, uh, uh-oh. <laughs> well, a lot of people. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just such a very intuitive thing, and and you're talking about the cats, and you see animals stretching, and and I think that we just need to kind of like reframe what is sort of biomechanically going on, if you will. Um, but but because when we think of stretching, so many of us think of like stretching as oh, I need to stretch to become healthier, or I need to be stretching to become a better person, or I need to stretch to stay young, and um, and it's, that's not really what we need to be doing, but that kind of mentality has kind of led us to this kind of like flexibility craze with, with many people. So I'm sure like if you're standing, you know, standing up and you're like 
opening your chest to the sky and bringing your arms out like that kind of feels good. Um, but and probably is even healthy for you. You know, you're activating all of the back muscles in your body. Right. But right. but but when you're forcing certain you know muscles to lengthen beyond their capacity. Um, this is starting to do a lot more damage than good <laughs> with a lot of people, myself included. So, yeah, that's, that's, see, see, that's I, what I'm I kinda, when, sorry, when I'm When I'm feeling tight and I'm, I'm feeling that kind of thing, I, I do it just to kind of loosen myself up. Sure. Um, you know, or, or if I've been sitting for a while, because I'll, I'll get to working and writing and that kind of thing and, and just completely lose track of time, you know. And then I'll, I'll start feeling like my legs getting, getting tight and that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. then I'll stretch to, to loosen me up and, and to, you know, kind of work the kinks out, that kind of thing. Sure, um, absolutely. And, and then Chloe just does that and, and stretches and runs around the room a few times and then lays back down, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, so I'm assuming she's doing the same thing, you know. <laughs> but, but yeah, I'm like I said, I I do it to because I'm I'm uncomfortable and and that kind of thing and and then doing stretching and it's it feels better and and like my my neck and shoulders and that kind of thing hurt and then if I do that, it helps and and loosening up helps me to feel better is what mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, well, and I used to work for a chiropractor, and so I, I know not to to stretch or pull or whatever too far. Sure. Um, but I I was used to seeing our our patients in the waiting room, and they would do stuff too far. I'm like, whoa, 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 stop, stop, stop! <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I'm I'm familiar with that too. <laughs> so, let me. Okay, let me show your bio. It says, one of the most sought-after teachers today, Yogi Aaron is trailblazing a new path in the world of yoga. Known for his unorthodox perspectives on stretching and flexibility, I like unorthodox, Uh, let me see, and how both cause more harm than good. That's the stretching and flexibility. His teachings aim to help as many people as possible live a pain-free life so they can realize yoga's true intentions. He is the creator of the revolutionary approach to yoga, applied yoga anatomy plus muscle activation, and the online platform, The Yogi Club, host of the yoga podcast, Stop Stretching author of Autobiography of a Naked Yogi, and the forthcoming book, Stop Stretching a New Yogic Approach to Master Your Body, plus Live Pain-Free, and is the co-owner of the Blue Osa Yoga Retreat and Spa in Costa Rica, where he leads the Yogi Club Yoga Teacher Training Immersions year-round for students from all across the globe. I got to tell you, my grandmother used to live in Costa Rica, and she loved it there. Lots yeah. of bird watching. Yeah. Oh, yes. That was, that was her thing, and she loved it. But, <clears throat> okay, so now... 
a trailblazer at heart and, and unorthodox. I like unorthodox. You've got to shake things up. You gotta shake things up, and if and if you think there's a problem, you, you gotta go after it. You know you do. Yes. Now you know I mentioned I used to work for a chiropractor, and we did muscle activation there as well. Mm-hmm. Tell tell me about this applied yoga anatomy plus muscle activation thing. How did how did this whole thing come about? Okay. Uh, so if I talk too much, just cut me off. Um, I, will. I, I will give you the short, short, short story. So I started <laughs> yoga when I was 18. <laughs> okay. This is the short story, I promise. And, okay. um, and then very quickly, I started injuring myself. I had, you know, my back and I just chalked it up to, I'm a person with a bad back. And, and so the solution was, was to stretch it out. And, you know, I did see chiropractors, acupuncturists, massage therapists, different, you know, kinds of healers. And I always found some sort of relief, but then the pain always came back. And actually, it always came back worse. And I'm going to jump ahead to about five years ago, I ended up in an um, orthopedic surgeon's office who wanted, who was telling me that I needed to get probably a lower back spinal fusion. And mm-hmm. that was like my light bulb moment to kind of like go, you know, it's 25 years. I'm a yoga teacher. I'm a senior yoga teacher. Um, I know a lot about the body, or at least I thought I did. And, but what I know isn't working for me. And there's got to be some other solutions. And that kind of led me to... Um, a systemology called muscle activation technique, which was uh, created by Greg Roscoff in Denver, Colorado. And there's MAT therapists all over um, the United States and in Canada. Um, And I just decided to start studying that and to try and like learn more about the body, learn more about muscle function. And I kind of got into it really just for my own interest my own sort of journey and maybe, you know, to take some of that and and include it in my yoga teacher trainings uh, that I offer. And, and so in learning it, I quickly understood two things very quickly. One, I did not know much about the body as much as I thought I did. Um, And that's been like a constant, even now I'm still shocked at like some of the things that we say in the yoga world that even in fitness, even in the fitness world that are just so not true and have no basis in biomechanical function. Um, And so that was the first thing. And then the second thing I quickly realized was that stretching is doing more harm than good. And it's shocking to see how quickly stretching actually disables disables, uh, muscle function. And so... When I came up with Applied Yoga Anatomy, it was because I wanted to try and figure, I I needed to put a name to it because if I just started teaching something, I could have called it yoga therapy, but then therapy has all kinds of connotations around it. And I think yoga therapy was trademarked, so I I couldn't really do it, call it that. And I also wanted to include sort of an, an, an anatomy part to it because a lot of yoga teachers, I would say 99.9% of yoga teachers have no clue what's going on in the human body. 
Um, I'll give an example. Like a lot of yoga teachers say we need to open the hips. But if you walked up to that teacher and said, well, what in the hips are we opening? What muscles are being affected? And, and, and then if you, you know, ask the trick question and said, well, what's the function of those muscles? I think you would barely find one in 10,000 yoga teachers that could maybe answer that question. Um, mm. And so I wanted to kind of bring some anatomy, real anatomy, not just like drawing in or, or coloring in, you know, uh, um, anatomy charts, but actually bring in a sense of experience. And so one of the words I actually played with was experiential anatomy, but the word applied seemed you know, more appropriate. So the applied yoga anatomy part was how do we start to understand the human body? What is actually going on in the postures that we're teaching? What muscles, groups of muscles are being affected? And then the muscle activation is the premise of like, let's, how do we create more stability? Because flexibility, um, or sorry, stretching to create flexibility always leads to instability, and instability always leads to injuries. Every single person practicing yoga is dealing with pain. And, and that's not like me saying that. That's me saying, like, just coming up with that number. Every time I lead a yoga teacher training, every time I have people come to my yoga retreat, and I talk to them, every single person is dealing with some sort of pain. And not always, but a lot of times it's usually related to the quote-unquote stretching yoga practice that they're doing. And so I think that part of what I'm trying to do is a flip the script on stretching and flexibility in the yoga world because we need to reclaim what yoga is really about. And then two, to teach people how do we create more stability. One of the, one of the techniques of doing that is definitely muscle activation, um, and it works really quickly and, and helps people to start walking a path that's, you know, with less pain in their life. <laughs> that's certainly good. That was my short story, Nikki. <laughs> that was educational. I like that. Okay. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I, I like stories that, that have a point and teach me things. Cool. Oh. I, interesting. Okay. So, well, like I said, and, and I don't know a lot about yoga, so that was good. Okay. Um. Okay, so so what you sort of answered this, but what makes your approach unique compared to other styles of yoga? Um, well, I I think first of all, um, a lot of styles of yoga. That's I mean, styles is interesting word to use because a lot of people don't really understand I think that when we talk about styles we're really talking about branding and so a lot of like yoga studios have branded some you know a style I guess or or what they think yoga is or really what they want how they want to present yoga to people for example there's some studios that do not permit their teachers to chant om there's some studios that say you have to play music every single yoga class or that you have to turn the temperature up to 130 uh, degrees, you know, to make people sweat. So there's different, 
a lot of style is confused with the word branding a lot of the times. And, and I would say that my style, I wouldn't say that I'm really teaching a style per se. It's, I teach authentic yoga. Um, I consider myself a traditionalist in the world of yoga in many respects. That what yoga is really trying to teach us is to return our attention to the source within us rather than looking outside of us for that source and which a lot of us do every single human walking the planet somewhere between the ages of you know one years old or to probably like seven years old learned at some point in their life that happiness existed outside of ourselves and what yoga is doing or or trying to help guide us to do is to return our attention inward to find that the source of happiness is actually within us. And so that's, I mean, that's what my message is. That's what I teach. Um, So I don't know that it's necessarily different per se, but I think where the, you know, the emphasis comes is that I'm really starting to Try to create some noise, if you will, <laughs> as much as I can around this idea of stop stretching. Because first of all, there is no scriptural reference in any you know, ancient yogic text saying that we need to stretch the body. There's no mentions of the words flexibility. Um, that there are the two words that, that are used in the scriptural reference to describe what posture should be like is one that is joyful, <laughs> that, that, that is joyful and effortless. Um, and then the other quality is stillness and steadiness. And I think that most people, and it's, I think it's becoming more problematic, in my opinion, that a lot of people are experiencing instability uh, in their bodies, and instability can, re- you know, show up as the inability to be still. For example, at the source, that's really what we're trying to do. But then it also shows up through pain. Like a lot of people are experiencing pain, and pain is usually the result of instability of some kind. Um, right. You know, we were talking before about some of your health conditions, and. You know, at the source, it's really kind of an instability, um, which is trying Mm -hmm. to be repaired. So instability, uh, what we're trying to do is create more stability through, you know, physiologically through muscle activations, and then we go deeper through the breath, and, and then through other techniques as well. Oh, yeah, I have a lot of instability. Yeah. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> you, you said that, and I'm like, oh, wow. We're all dealing Can't. with our own cross in life. <laughs> I'm just being, it's a nail on the head with that one, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> That's well, funny. It was it was funny because um, they, they sent a PT person to, to check on me for like a six weeks after one of my surgeries and um i i said something about i was having all these stability issues right and she says well she says you you've had three surgeries all on the core of your body no wonder and i said well duh like like cutting all all the the whole core of my being 
that should like you know give me any stability at all and they they keep chopping and cutting and well no wonder I can't stand up straight okay <laughs> you know talk about light bulb moment you know but yeah okay that that helped a little bit okay yes that was funny but yeah it, it was so simple and she just looked at me like you haven't figured this out yet <laughs> I'm like no <laughs> But yeah, it's it's amazing once you understand how certain things work together in the body, how it just kind of all comes together. Yes, the body is an amazing mechanism, and and we sometimes just need to get out of the way of the body to let the body heal itself. And one of the examples yeah. of that is like you know, so many people are obsessed about their muscle tightness and. Nowhere, like you worked in a chiropractic office. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I'm not going to speak for your chiropractor, the chiropractor you work with, but what I can tell you is, in my opinion, just from talking to to various healers, you know, in that profession, massage therapists, especially <laughs> yoga teachers and, and and gym instructors, but especially yoga teachers, that not one of them really addresses the real question, which is why are these muscles tight to begin with? And, you know, I, I've been dealing with, like, muscle tightness, like, for example, my psoas and uh, my psoas muscle or my hamstrings. Use the hamstrings because most people understand hamstrings. And that, that I've always suffered and still to this day suffer from tight hamstrings. But in my whole life, I never asked the question, why are these guys tight to begin with? And, and, and instead of addressing the cause of the problem, we keep throwing an aspirin at the, at the issue by which the aspirin in this case is stretching. But the stretching doesn't really help. It actually makes things worse. Um, and I guess if you take enough aspirin, you end up making yourself worse. So, <laughs> so we, we need to kind of like address like that real question of why am I tight? You know, you said earlier that you like to stand up and you like to stretch. And, and my hunch is that you're not really stretching. My hunch is that you're actually activating some of your back muscles and some of the opposite muscles. And once those muscles are activated, the opposite muscle, which is the front body, like if you're, if you're standing up and kind of opening your chest up, for example, what you're really doing is contracting all of the back muscles. Once those back muscles start to contract, the front muscles just release. But it, it, it manifests, because we don't have any other language for it, it manifests as, oh, I'm stretching, but you're not really stretching. You're kind of like activating but all of those muscles kind of tighten up because, A, you're stagnant. You know, a lot of us are stagnant. A lot of us are sitting around. Or, B, a lot of us have, because we're sitting around, because we're stressed out, a lot of us end up getting um, tight. And the tightness is a result of the body going, hey, there's instability here. Like, I need to keep myself safe, so I'm going to send out like an amber alert to all the muscles and say, tighten up, tighten up, tighten up. And they stay tight until we address the uh, instability in the body. And so that's, like, that's sort of one of the keys to unlock this thing around becoming pain-free is that we actually start to address the instability. Once the instability is addressed, the body starts to relax 
and doesn't have a stress response. The stress response creates inflammation and it's the inflammation that creates the pain. So if we can start reversing the process, um, that's how we start to become uh, pain-free. Interesting. <laughs> I threw a lot at you. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. I'm going, I'm going, good, good thing I get to listen to this like three or four times, huh? I've had a few um, people message me who've interviewed me and said, I had to go back and listen two or three times, but I really get it. <laughs> Around the third crazy. time I got it. <laughs> well, yeah, I, well, I, I listen when we interview and I listen when I edit and I listen when it airs. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so how... Well, and, and, you know, the listeners can, can listen because I'm going to put it on the show page. Um, so how does stretching harm the body? Well, there's a few explanations for that. And one is, there's a few. So I'm going to give you a couple. But one of them is because your brain has a feedback loop with muscles, basically, and right. so it's called, that's called proprioception. In anatomical terms, is the proprioception. Like uh, one way of saying that, by the way, is your brain knows where your muscles are in space, like in the space being your body. Um, and so, you know, when you've, you've had a few surgeries, you know, oh. and obviously you can't move because there's, um, you know, there's, you, you've got to heal in that area. But sometimes it's just hard to move like even a limb because you've been drugged, you've been put to sleep, you've, you know, you've had all of these things. There's a trauma in the body. And so your, pro, your sense of where your body is in space has changed and your brain has to kind of recalibrate. So when you stretch, your brain, you're disconnecting the brain from that muscle. Um, and so the brain doesn't know where that muscle is in space anymore. It doesn't, it, there's no accountability for that connection between the brain and the muscle. So that's one explanation. Another one is like, imagine in your muscle you have all of these like what's called little muscle spindles. And a muscle spindle is like a coiled up slinky. And so you can imagine like you're a kid and you get a slinky for Christmas and you know like all kids they like to test their toys and so you you tell your friend to grab one end of the slinky and run away as far as you can to see how much you can stretch that slinky and now this is what we're doing in yoga it's like how far can we stretch our muscles but what happens when you let go what happens when your friend let's go of that slinky after stretching it. Is it going to <laughs> coil back up into its natural state? Heck no. It's going to stay elongated. And, and with the, in the slinky's case, it probably will never coil back up again. And with some people's muscles, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Are those muscles ever going to coil up? That's one of the questions that I have. Um, and so, you know, when you're doing that to your muscles constantly, again, there's no, there's no accountability in terms of the brain being connected to the muscle. And the third thing I want to say is that the job, one of the most fascinating things I just find, which is going back to a comment I made earlier about making as much noise as possible, 
is that very few people who are telling others to stretch have an understanding of what the job of a muscle is. The job of a muscle is actually to contract. It's not to lengthen. Um, and so the job of the muscle is to contract, and it does that for two reasons. It needs to contract, A, to move bones. <laughs> so, so as you're walking across, you know, as you get up, if you're sitting, you get to stand up. You need muscles to engage in order for you to stand up. Uh, when you walk across the room uh, or to the kitchen, you need muscles to move the bones of your legs. So that's the one thing. The second thing is you need muscles to stabilize joints, to hold the joints of the body together. So we look at like some of the main joints, for example, like knees, lower back, well, any, any part of the back, the hips. So many people have pain in these areas. Um, and we know now from, you know, from the muscle activation work that I've done, um, and especially through MAT, that a lot of that pain is the result of these muscles not being able to contract properly. So other ligaments or minor muscles, smaller muscles, end up getting more stressed out, more traumatized, and more overused. So that's, that's the sh simple answer <laughs> of why what stretching does to us. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, another, another example kind of along the lines of, of the, your first example, too, is when you're on a heart-lung machine mm -hmm. and, and you're, well, and like with mine, when they actually physically took my heart out of my chest during the surgery, because wow. your heart and your brain actually communicate with one another normally, mm -hmm. right, when your heart is in your chest. Mm -hmm. Well, when they take it out and you're on the heart-lung machine, that obviously that's not happening, right? Yeah. And then when you put your heart back in there, it takes some time for your heart and your brain to start communicating again and to get back in sync again. Yes. And, and it's strange because it, it does take time for that to start to, like you said, to get back in sync. Yeah. So it's the same kind of thing that you're talking about with the, the brain not knowing where the muscle's located again. So it's yes. the same kind of situation. So I've, I've yeah. been through that. It was a different organ. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and it, it's weird. It's really weird. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It, it's weird when your brain can't find what it's looking for. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's, that's, I mean, that's the whole point, purpose of, you know, this, what we're starting to understand as called muscle activation, that mm -hmm. these muscle activation practices, you know, whether you're doing it, you know, through palpation or whether you're doing it through isometric contractions, you know, there was, a, when I started working out in the gym, there was a lot of wisdom that was being propagated and, and it was, you know, do a warm up by just doing the exercises with like, say for example, I'm doing a bench press or, or let's even make it more simple, bicep curls. And mm -hmm. so take, take a low amount of weight. So if you normally bicep like 30 pounds each arm, maybe take five pounds each arm and take 10 seconds to curl up and take 10 seconds to go down and maybe do that five to 10 times just to warm up. 
but the wisdom of that was re it was kind of in a way it was kind of a muscle activation technique uh, practice because what you're doing is you're telling the brain hey there's a muscle there and right. so the brain now goes oh there's a muscle there and it starts telling that muscle to contract and by the way when I say it's telling the muscle I mean it happens in split seconds in a nanosecond right. but but if you don't do that then the muscle is not contracting properly and and so in the 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 real kind of idea of stability in terms of a muscle function means that a muscle has ability to contract and contract on demand and if not the body you know will start to recruit anything it can to uh, stand up I remember one time I came home and this was going back several years ago I went to on a vacation and you think like oh I should be relaxed and comfortable came home I think it was the second or third day I was sitting on my couch and I was talking to uh, some of my staff and after the meeting we were sitting for like an hour and I went to stand up my whole lower back seized up mm. and and so uh, the body is going to get me to where I want it to go which was you know from sitting to standing but none of the muscles that should have been working were working and so my body recruited my lower these tiny little muscles in my lower back to create the stability in my lumbar spine because my the big muscles weren't doing their job and then all of these muscles said heck no and they seized up <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's why you know people's backs go out you hear about that all the time like with people who sneeze and then their back oh, yeah. seizes up on them you know and it's like that's a clear sign of instability and and that the brain isn't connecting to those muscles so muscle activation is just a practice mm -hmm. it's not to strengthen muscles per se it's just to build that neuro connection between the muscle and the brain the neuromuscular connection between muscle and brain so that the when the brain senses instability it tells the muscles to contract and contract on demand it is amazing how bad sneezes can hurt oh <laughs> yeah. mm. Mm. <laughs> that's why we always say god bless you you're still alive <laughs> mm. I, wow it hurts just thinking about it okay <laughs> so okay if is sneezing I'm just sneezing okay. <laughs> <laughs> overridden my thoughts okay um so now if if stretching is harmful to the body what what should we do is, is there something we should do instead and if so what is it well I mean I've, I've got a podcast series and a book called stop stretching so definitely stop stretching would be at the top of the list and okay. if if you don't do anything stop stretching um, but then two, the second thing would be to start activating and that's like that's a whole topic you know how do we activate I can't really 
um, give too much, you know, in such a short amount of time, you know, in this format. Um, that's, I mean, that's the opportunity for people to, you know, get the book and, and look at some of the resources that I've got. But the short answer is basically we start activating by bringing a muscle to a shortened state. So an isometric contraction, we're shortening a muscle. So if we're doing like, for example, the bicep curl, and okay. my arm is extended, and I've got a, 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 a like a five pound or two pound by a dumbbell in my hand, and I bring it up and I hold it there and I squeeze it for about mm, six seconds, and then uh -huh. I release it, and then I do that again, and I, I so that's an isometric contraction. One of my favorites, uh, which would be by the way great for you. Um, is doing, and I always tell this to everybody, is like if you're going to do one thing, do this every day. It's called Superman pose. And you lie on your stomach and you lift your chest and your legs as high off the ground as you can. Now, what this is going to do is start working your back muscles. And, and probably some of your listeners um, have very weak backs. A lot of people, by the way, have very weak backs. It's a very common thing. Uh, back pain is considered to be one of the number one disabilities in, you know, in the world. So back pain mm -hmm. is, is a serious problem, and a lot of people are dealing with back pain because their back muscles aren't working and supporting the vertebrae properly. So, um, so this is a very hard pose for a lot of people, especially in the beginning, so you may only lift your legs and your chest off the floor for, you know, like, like half an inch. But over time, you will notice that you'll get stronger because your brain will not only start connecting to those muscles, but by you actually doing that movement, you'll, you'll start to strengthen the muscles. But you do that six seconds and hold it six times. And in this way, you're creating an isometric and contraction or engagement in the lower back. And, and so the brain starts to go, oh, yeah, we've got muscles here that we can rely on, that we can use, that we can recruit. And the body has forgotten about those muscles. And so doing these muscle activations, in, in, and that's how you do it, basically, uh, will start to reconnect the muscles back to the brain so that the brain can recruit them when necessary. So in, in some cases, it's reactivating muscles. Sure. I mean, there was a time when all of us had very healthy, you know, neuromuscular connections for the most part. I would say, I could probably say generously most of us have had that. And um, due to stress, trauma, and overuse, and, and age, you know, which is a culmination of the first three, that over time, our brain has disconnected uh, to those muscles. So, okay. um, so like with me, when I, when I was 18, by the time I turned 18, already I was dealing with very tight hamstrings because my quads and my hip flexors were never being used properly. Um, mm. And so, you know, by the time I was 18, I was already starting to have these kind of issues in my neuromuscular response to certain muscles in my body um, that just became exacerbated over time. So we can reactivate uh, these muscles, absolutely. Well, I'm thinking using them incorrectly, exercising wrong, injuries, 
anything like that could make them weaker, and so then we could activate or reactivate them, whichever the case may be. Sure. Um, okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would, I would just say, like, with with exercising wrong, it's like. It, you know, everybody has got a threshold of what kind of exercise can be good and not good. Like, you know, I walk all the time, and walking is being said to be really healthy for people. And that's, I think that's a fair statement to make. But somebody who, you know, um, has a very weakened neuromuscular system, maybe walking isn't the best thing for them right away until we, we get their body a little bit stronger um, and so it's just, yeah, we definitely want to start doing things in our life, you know, fitting in a program of doing some sort of muscle activation on a daily basis, like doing that exercise I just said, <laughs> Superman that's, pose. It's such a great a thing. And Sorry? That, that, that's a good point you make because people always say, you know, if you're going to do anything, then walk. That's yeah. what, I mean, people always say that, but I like sure. that you're saying you strengthen your body first, then walk. Cool. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I say get out there and walk, but just, you know, what's good for some people may not be good for them at a certain time, depending on, on how weakened their body is. You know, my teacher Greg always says, if you're weak, you'll never get stronger. You'll always stay weak. You can't get strong from a weakened state. So we need to become stronger so that we can start to improve upon that strength. And by the way, I'm talking about this at a neuromuscular level again, like this connection between the brain and the muscles. So that's what we want to focus on. Okay. Okay. Um... So stop stretching. Um, the book is out, correct? That is correct. Yeah, available on Amazon. Okay. All right. I will make sure the link is on the show page. Um, the <clears throat> the replay, and I, I'm going to listen more than once. I can tell you that because I, I, <laughs> I, I, I did not get anything. And, and even, I mean, I I was a chiropractic assistant and, and studied all kinds of extra things and went to public chiropractic conferences, and I, I missed a lot. Plus, plus, medical terminology, and I still missed a bunch. So, the replay, so that you can listen again and, and try to, or, or twice, will be at lovecoachjourney.com slash stretching. No, no, no. Stop stretching. That's where it's going to be. Dot com yeah. slash stop stretching. No, my, web, <laughs> my, my website is yogiaron.com, Y-O-G-I-A-A-R-O-N. Um, but if they go to Amazon or my website, um, they can find you know, a link from my website uh, directly to Amazon, or they can just go to Amazon and search uh, Stop Stretching. Um, and that's probably the easiest thing to do. But yes, and, and you'll have the links in the show notes. <laughs> and, and if people would like to send in questions, would you be interested in coming back? Absolutely. If people want to do a Q&A here, I love doing Q&As um, okay. because people ask the most fascinating questions. Okay, well, that's what I was thinking. So if people would like to send in questions, we will have, we will have him back. And you can 
send those to readyforloveradio at gmail.com. And we will schedule a time to come back. Thank All you, right. Nikki. This Very has been a lot of fun. Thank you. You've asked some good questions. <laughs> and I've got a bunch more. But I know that you need to run, and we will, um, we will do that. So I tell you what, you go ahead and run, and I will let the listeners know some of the things that are in the book. Perfect. So thank you very much for being here. Thank you, Nikki. It's been such a treat. And um, again, I appreciate all the work you're doing. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. I am looking, just to let you all know a little bit more, um, I'm looking at the table of contents for the book. Um, and it is it is called Stop Stretching. Uh, let me see. A new yogic approach to master your body and live pain-free. Uh, so this book is for anyone who wants to restore balance to their body through yoga and begin their pain-free journey. Yogi Aaron is no stranger to pain. For decades, he seriously abused his body in the name of fitness and yoga. After a brush with a spinal fusion, Yogi Aaron began to ask, why are we stretching and how much flexibility do we really need? In his quest to answer this question, Yogi Aaron discovered a shocking truth. The fitness industry's obsession with stretching is causing unnecessary, catastrophic pain and injury. It's time to stop the flexibility madness. And he's also got a book. Let me see. Um, Autobiography of a Naked Yogi. And he has clothes on in the picture. (laughs) And he's also got resources on his website. Um, Let's see. But on his website, there's a link to the book. Let me see. I was looking at the table of contents um, and a glossary. Oh, that's good. Okay. Uh, let me see. Part one is stop stretching from chronic pain to pain-free my journey. An introduction to applied yoga anatomy and muscle activation. So that goes into more detail. Okay, good. 16 pages of detail about what he just covered with us in like 10 minutes. So that's good. Uh, The role of stress and inflammation in the body. That's good because I know a lot of people, a lot of us, should I say, deal with inflammation in the body um, and stress. And both of those things wreak havoc on the bodies. A brief overview of the history of yoga. And that was, that was interesting details that he, he shared about how so many people have a style of yoga. I wasn't aware of that. Um, and then part two goes into um, his applied yoga anatomy and muscle activation in much more detail. Um, chapter five is a deeper look at that um, and then the seven main muscle groups that support our spinal movement Um, and then each one of those chapters covers a different group of muscles 
spinal trunk rotators, the flexors, trunk extensors, uh, side benders, hip flexors, hip extensors, and shoulders. That's, I, yeah, I'm, um, I'm going to dig into this later because I have a copy here. Um, and then chapter 14 in part three is Dare to Live Pain-Free. Who are you without your pain? That would be fascinating to find out, wouldn't it? Mm. Mm -mm -mm. But, and it's 193 pages. Very cool. Well, I, I am very serious. If you all would like to, ooh, awesome glossary. I like that. Um, <clears throat> and a lot of those words look very familiar. Um, but seriously, take a look at his website. Uh, feel free to listen to the show again. And for anyone who would be interested in sending in their questions, um, let me know. And if you'd like to order the book and then send in your questions, just send me a note and let me know that too. And I will be happy to get him back and we can go over audience questions. have no problem with that either. So feel free to drop me a note. Uh, ready for Love Radio at gmail.com. So I hope that you got some good information. And let me know if you'd like to send questions in and we'll do it again. And I've got, I definitely have a bunch more questions. And I'd love to hear your questions and your thoughts. And I will be with you next time on Ready for Love Radio. <laughs> <laughs>